0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk,
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
2: The issues facing those planning trips to Dublin, our capital city, has been well publicised in recent weeks between the soaring hotel prices, the rental car squeeze and of course the airport and baggage chaos, something we've well documented on this programme. But the famous travel guide, The Lonely Planet, If you're familiar with it, you'll know it is the go-to Bible for travelling anywhere across the world. And they've actually featured this list. It's a litany of problems on their recent guide to Dublin City. They're warning potential visitors against some of what they describe as the horrors and the issues that you might encounter. Um, Is Dublin really that bad though? Is it on the blacklist? Let us know today. 53106 is the number on the text line. Joan Scales is from traveltoireland.ie and she's with us on the line. Joan, is it really that horrifying?
1: Hi Andrea, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Andrea, I'm a city dweller so I must say I see it uphand, up and up front of what's going on. It was like at Easter, someone turned the light on again and the city is packed, it's heaving. There's visitors Everywhere. I mean, it's great to see them. But we really can't cope, and I have to agree with the Lonely Planet and say we do not have enough hotel rooms. We don't have... A lot of hotels, of course, didn't come on stream because of the um, pandemic, you know, the disruption to construction. We don't have enough hotel rooms. I mean, I remember years ago when the Convention Centre was being built, there was a plan that we would have around somewhere between twenty-five and 35,000 Hotel rooms, we have less than 18,000 now.
2: But all I see everywhere, Joan, hotels going up all over Dublin City.
1: I know, they're being built, but they're not finished yet. I mean, you've the the Hampton Inn down in Chancery Lane, um, that I think is around 300 rooms. It's not ready. It it was due to open in January. It's not open yet. The Motel 1 is another 300 rooms in Liffey Street. Still no sign of that opening. Then you've a massive hotel there up in um, Newmarket Square, Still no sign of that opening. You know, so we just really don't have enough room to cope with the amount of visitors. And, and they're back, they're back and forth. I know they're back and forth because over the weekend, the duck tour was out again. So you know, there's lots of visitors around. The bar cycles are out, you know, the pedal cycles mm. taking a dozen people around the city. They're all back. And, and also the, um, you know, the other pe- pedal cyclists taking people around on their bikes. It's all back. Tourism is back, and you know the hotels are running at more than eighty-one percent. Well, in April they're running at eighty-one percent, because we had a report then um, about how had the activity at the hotels. But I say they're running at ninety-something percent now at this stage, and probably some of them are hundred percent.
2: Do Do you think is this warning from the lonely uh, the lonely planet guide, Joan? Is it a fair warning?
1: From what I see, yes. Yeah. I have to say it is a fair warning because if people can't get accommodation, they can't come here. And we, as we know, the, uh, the airport is dealing dealing with the congestion as well. Most of that congestion is outbound, but people have to get back out again from Ireland. So that's not good. It has improved, though. It has improved a bit. But this is happening all over Europe. It's not just Ireland. And one of the main problems is staff shortages. I mean, everybody is complaining. They can't. Mm. Restaurants can't open fully open. Like, I tried to book Tapas de Lola in Camden Street for next Wednesday. for Wednesday. They're only opening Thursday, Friday, after Sunday. They don't have enough staff. You know, they're only one of a restaurant yeah. and that I will well actually
2: th- that's one of the elements that's one of the warnings that they talk about yeah. in the Lonely Planet guide have you booked your favorite restaurant in advance they actually what well, what they say on the the uh, in their guide on their Bible on the weekends it's likely you'll have as much chance scoring the winning lotto ticket as bagging a walk-in city center restaurant that's how they that's what they describe trying to get a table in Dublin city Center at yeah, the weekend and not
1: only that you know, restaurants will will look for, and rightly so, they're looking for people's credit card numbers up front, so that they don't have that uh, empty mm. empty spaces.
2: Yeah, they they also they, they also talk to Joan too about um the fact that one of the things we've kept since the pandemic is even though the government no longer require you to book a table, but that a lot of pubs, it seems, according to Lonely Planet, still enforce that rule on Friday and Saturday nights when demand is high. They also go on to say you can expect to be standing for much of the night as well. Stay with us, Joan. Eugene Garrahy from Dublin Bay Cruises is is with us too on the programme today. Eugene, do you think is this um, warning to tourists from the lonely planet today, the fact that it's basically citing to tourists about the horrors of visiting Dublin City, is it fair?
0: Hi, Andrew. Yeah, well, I actually didn't hear it, uh, but anyway, I, I picked up on some of the conversation just now. But um, yeah, I think that the centre of Dublin, there's no doubt about it, is uh, pretty clustered with uh, tourism. You know, it's... Uh, it has its limitations, and there are, the tourists are back in their droves. However, I think that's something that should be pointed out. Dublin isn't all about the centre of the city. I mean, you have the most beautiful towns and villages in Doki and Dunleary and Holt along the coast, and we're finding more and more tourists are getting out onto, their, onto Dublin Bay with Dublin Bay Cruises. But, um, we also, like very few people, you know, even in Dublin, know that we have a UNESCO uh, biosphere. Dublin Bay is a UNESCO biosphere. And, you know, when people travel with us and get out onto the bay, we, we explain to them the benefits of protecting the environment. And, you know, as I said, there's more to, the, to the visiting Dublin than the centre of Dublin. And I think if, if people were made aware of the attractions right along the coast from north to south, you know, some of that congestion during the day would be relieved.
2: Do you think is that is that happening you know is is there a sufficient level of promotion Eugene beyond the city center
0: Yeah I think Balch Island are doing a pretty good job um with the towns and villages and mountains around Dublin so it is starting to work but I think a, a greater push and a greater awareness is needed to take that cluster out of the city out into the beautiful towns and villages you know if you think of Dunleary, it has one of the most amazing landscapes out outland the mountains and towns and villages down on the south side. And of course, Hoth Fishing Village and the restaurants out there has fantastic amenities. So I think if we can get more people out onto the bay, and uh, like we connect Dublin City with delirium and Hoth every day. And the people, when they get out there, they're just in awe mm-hmm. of the landscape and the views from the boat onto, onto Dublin. And I think if that's pushed a little bit more, I think, you know, you'll take some of the that, that kind of focused pressure in the centre of
2: the city. Eighteen hundred four five three one zero six. If you want to join us here on the program today, do you agree with the Lonely Planet warning to tourists about the horrors of visiting our capital city, or maybe it's not all that bad? Elena Fitzgerald Kane, who's the chair of the Irish Tourism Industry Confederation, is is with us as well. Uh, Eugene, Elena, when you're listening to Eugene on there is he right? Should the um, the tourism bodies be trying to attract? The tourists beyond the capital city and Temple Bar, and out into some of the the suburbs of Dublin.
3: Absolutely, there's huge opportunity. There's huge beauty and so many places of interest. Um, and that, and I suppose Dublin Inc. We often think of it in the context of city centre and that, but I think you know there's an opportunity to highlight the amazing beauty that's around there and so many great things to visit. And I suppose, look, Irish people over the last two years. For all the wrong reasons, in terms of a pandemic, had a great opportunity to explore all of Ireland in Dublin, um, and I think you know we we the sense the kind of connection, connecting with experiences we'd had before. There's a little bit of a nostalgia, and then there was discovering all the great new experiences. And it's suppose it's interesting because we're talking about you know value, availability, etc. I mean the landscape has changed so much in the last two years, and right now in terms of like uh, Joan. As she spoke about Easter. It's like as if the lights uh, turned on. And, and that's something we would have felt down here in a day as well. But there's an unexpected recovery. And I suppose in an Irish context, right, you, you know, we've, we're building on the experiences over the last two years. You've huge pent up demand. You've considerable savings. There's a huge amount of deferred bookings going on. We're seeing people celebrating 60 seconds and all sorts of birthdays. You know, there's government contracts which have affected the supply Of hotel services and other services you know and then there's the pipeline of rooms not completed so there's all the reasons why this is not a normal year in terms of demand there's also a lot of people who are traveling overseas because they haven't been able to for the last two years and it's interesting if you look in january it looked like only 63 percent of airline capacity was going to be restored this year now it's in the upper 90s um, and that so but the big difference that we've seen is yes there's a lot of deferred bookings pent up demand but there's a huge amount of pre-booking going on and i think part of the pandemic was we learned you know the importance of pre-booking and that's one of the things i'd be saying to people you know book as early as possible book direct you can often find when you use agents like online travel agencies you're paying much higher rates and sometimes it could be even something simple like i have three children if i type in two adults and three kids it may discreetly give me back two rooms it was never my intention to book two rooms so all of a sudden it looks like i am being charged double and certainly it's at higher rates so there's book as early as you can book direct but there's plenty of value Around Dublin, you know, in the city centre, well, across I, 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 Elena, the city I and love around to the
2: know, I, To be honest, I'd love to know where the value is because when, when I was going through the Lonely Planet guide um, earlier this morning, and some of the fi- some of the figures they're, they're actually citing, they, they looked at a, an average weekend availability in Dublin city centre in July for two people. Average price ranged from seven hundred to nine hundred euro, and the cheapest price was for four hundred and eleven eleven euro for a private room in a purpose built student accommodation.
3: Yeah. You couldn't and, call that you know, good value. Yeah, that's excessive. But then equally, Andrea, today now I looked and to secure a double room in Dublin. And again, I just picked one hotel. I didn't look at a range. It was €200. Euros. Now, that to me is reasonable uh, value for a city centre location in terms of all the amenities and everything that's with it. I looked across the country. I could stay tonight in a hotel in the southeast for €139. Euros. I could stay as a family in a hotel tonight. Again, four stars for €179 Euros and Kids Club and leisure Club and all those other facilities. But you do raise an important point around value absolutely and I think a lot of I suppose the headlines that we've seen and sensational headlines because the numbers don't add up in some cases are for kind of residual pricing last minute or whatever they don't reflect the general value that's there so like if we look back STR, or a company that compiled global tourism occupancy figures on hotels like that states that the average daily rate in April was 154 but a huge amount of that was pre-booked and it just emphasizes the need you know to book early and to book direct, and okay. I will say, you know, people should vote with their feet. If they find that a figure is too high, and some of those would certainly be beyond, I suppose my own value mechanism, then stay elsewhere, choose another time. But, but in all cases, that's yeah.
2: exactly. I think, Elena, what's happening? Like this texter here, for instance, says, "I've um, relations coming over from the UK next month. I just told them to avoid Dublin at all costs. Far too expensive. We should be encouraging people to go to other parts of the country." This listener, I tried to book a meal for two people in late. July, late July in Dublin, we phoned five restaurants, totally unavailable. Can't understand how that's the case, asks this texter. Cathy is on the line as well. Cathy, you also work on the tourist mm-hmm. trade in Dublin. I mean, do, do you think is the Lonely Planet Guide's a description and warning to tourists traveling to the capital city? Is it accurate?
4: Uh, well, to be honest, I kind of agree and I disagree. Um, I could listen to my, my pal there, Joan. She made some great points. <laughs> I'm listening to two things because I would bring in small groups um, inbound and what I've seen this year listening to them, the thing that's actually really shocking them more than the dirt, or sorry, more than the prices in the city, is the dirt and the drugs in the city is what I'm listening to day in, day out. In terms of value though, I had one couple and uh, they were quoted, They, they did it last minute, they ended up spending 400 euro in Temple Bar for one night in a single room last weekend. So I agree, whatever's gone on with the pricing, and I'm taking into consideration, yeah, last minute bookings. But even people that I'm dealing with who booked, you know, uh, eight, nine months ago, or they had deferred the bookings, they were asked to pay nearly double what they had originally been quoted if they still wanted the booking. So I think Lonely Planet definitely has point in terms of the cost of car rental, the cost of hotels, being asked for credit cards in advance to book a meal. Now, I appreciate good restaurants have to make their money mm. and everything else and guarantee the places, so on and so forth. I think, though, it's fair to say as well, like everybody's been very kind of, you know, uh, they, we've seen the bad side and we've publicised the bad side. But from a personal point of view, I think even though the city's buzzing, People are complaining that everything in Dublin is is expensive and the streets aren't very clean and whatever. On the other hand, I think what Lonely Planet is saying is only showing the one side. Like I had a group, for example, last uh, Wednesday, Thursday, they were here for Bloomsday. And absolutely everywhere we went in the city, the greeting they got, whether we were in Sweeney's, whether we were in Kennedy's, whether we were in Davy Burns. Everybody in the tourism industry is breaking their back to offer and extend the Cate Mida And I think that's what's really not being publicised. Like, again, I do a lot of step-on guide work for the like the Wild Rover and stuff. And once you get people outside of Dublin and what the others were saying, show them Kilkenny, show them Glendalough, show them, even take them to Belfast. And they'll come home at the end of the day saying, wow, Ireland, when you get outside Dublin, it's
2: mm. just amazing, you know. I know. Well, it's it's interesting when you look at the Planet Guide, travelling to Dublin this summer, eight questions to ask yourself before you consider going there. That is the topic of conversation today here on Lunchtime Live. I'd love to hear listeners' experience. Have you tried to book accommodation in Dublin City Centre recently? Have you, what, what, have you been to Dublin? Have you stayed here? What was your experience like? 53106 is the number if you do want to get in touch with us. Joan Scales, Eugene Garrahy um, also Elena Kane and Cathy thanks a million for joining us on the programme today we will try and come back to this though a little bit later I see another text in from this listener who says Dublin it's in a dreadful state rough element around the streets untidy no public toilets far too expensive can't get anywhere affordable to stay public transport is a joke you can't even go for a meal